Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. St. Louis Baseball Writers Dinner. This year it's going to take place on January 15th. That's a Sunday night at the Missouri Athletic Club and the Baseball Writers Association of America. St. Louis chapter is going to honor, among others, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Miles Michaelis, Ryan Helsley, Ollie Moore Mall, and more. It's January 15th at the MAC. And I just tweeted a link if you'd like to get tickets. Joining us now on 101 ESPN via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is a major member of the St. Louis chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America, Cardinal beat writer for the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com, Derek Gould. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brandy? Good to talk with you. It's uh, good to have you with with Carrie and I. And let's start with this. It's been a couple of years since we had a Baseball Writers Dinner, and I know it's an exciting <clears throat> thing for everybody involved to, to get back at it. Yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons, we uh, we didn't gather a large group of people in a room, um, but we didn't want it to vanish. You know, it's become a tradition, you know, more than 60 years, more than 60 dinners, 63rd coming up this year. Um, and it's one of the last of its type in the country. This used to be a common thing for chapters around the country of baseball writers to hold their dinners, to honor players, writers, um, people around baseball, you know, good guys who help out everybody um you know people who have given you know so much of their life to baseball all that stuff used to be pretty common um and now there are really two that carry the banner of the baseball writers there's the one in new york where the awards are given out um and and is run by the chapter there in new york and then there's here which uh, has continued through the strength and determination of guys like rick hummel and bob Bragg, who um you know, one who started the dinner and the other who has carried it through for almost five decades now, just uh, sometimes on his own with his willpower. Um, so it's good that we can bring it back. It, it does do a good thing. We raise money um, for scholarships and for internships, and we've had different programs um, that we've been able to do to help um, sort of the next generation of journalists um, just to make it, you know, just to put it in perspective. You know, Ben Fredrickson, who's a columnist at our paper, was one of our interns and that we were able to do that because of the dinner Um, and then make it personal. uh, One of the honors that I got at Mizzou when I was a student there was the Jack Buck Award from the St. Louis Baseball Writers chapter. So we we've seen it help young journalists get set and we want to continue that. And if you'd like to get tickets all you need to do is you can go to my twitter page at randy character i just retweeted the the ticket link or just go to at st louis bbwaa hey mm-hmm. hey derek you uh, wrote an article a couple of days ago saying that the cardinals needed to be in the race for arms uh to fill this void that they will have coming up in 2024 there have been reports that uh carlos rodon is is one of the teams or the cardinals are one of the suitors for for carlos rodon do you see that as a possibility or or do you see more of them leaning towards re-signing one of these guys that they have on the roster now well of a me well they'll they'll shop i would uh i would 
eased off on the Rodone stuff. I mean, he's a guy who has wants a rather large contract, has a rather interesting, you know, limited innings because of some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of reasons why the Cardinals would not line up with him. One of the reasons why they would is because they're very easy, easy to cast as a mystery team because they don't comment about things. So <laughs> they're, they're the perfect mystery team because they'll play along with your mystery. They're, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're great in that way. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, but, it's not just dismissing the free agent market. Um, even if they do wade into the free agent market, they're going to spend some time. Um, and it's pretty standard or classic of them to kind of get back into this habit of exploring um, extensions with guys during spring training, going into spring. I mean, it makes a lot of sense um, for them, and it makes a lot of sense for Michaelis to have a talk about what that looks like beyond, um, especially coming off the year that he did what he did for them. Um, his age, the length of that contract, just it, all things line up. You know, he's from Jupiter. He's really enjoyed being a Cardinal. Um, he's positioned well to be kind of the the elder statesman when Wainwright retires and would really like that role. So I, it, everything lines up. It's, it's a matter of who that second guy is, right? Like, do they – um, what do they do? what do they expect from Jack, and what what kind of conversation does he want to have, or does he want a full healthy year to springboard then into free agency? Um, and where does Montgomery fit? You know, I'm not sure that they know Montgomery all that well. They have high hopes for him, um, but he's a guy who's only been here for two months. Do they take some time to get to know him better, to talk to him, to see if that is something that he would be receptive to discussing? Um, you know, there's still options out there in the free agent market. Um, there's also July. And I, I think that, you know, as you kind of look at what the Cardinals need is, you know, we've seen them make trades this past two years for two starters. Um, you know, it, it, it could inform them again. And one of the starters they made a trade for last year, Montgomery, they have control of for this year. Um, if the trade market is intriguing at this point in time of year, I fully expect them and know they will take notes as to who then to pursue in July as that trade deadline ticks closer. Hey, Derek, as we remember from back in the day, the Cardinals, with starting pitching, almost invariably seemed to get more from less with Dave Duncan as a yeah. pitching coach with uh, whether Matheny or Yachty behind the plate. Is that an approach that could be practiced today? Is it Would it be viable to go out and try to get go bargain hunting and try to get more from less like they used to do? Yeah, I think they still do, Randy. I think they did that with Lester. I think they definitely with Lester. I think they did to a lesser extent with Hap. I think they definitely got that with Quintana, where they they put those guys um, with the pitching staff they had, with the pitching coach they had, with the catcher that they had, and with the defense behind them that the Cardinals have. And they, they got more than other teams would. Um, while paying the price that other teams also would, if that makes sense. They could maximize the return. I mean, you know, I remember Walt Jockety joking about the millions that Dave Duncan saved him and the millions that Dave Duncan made pitchers um, when they yeah. left. Um, I'm not sure that, like, that exact model exists because the game is caught up. Um, you know, so many of the things that the Cardinals were just uh, ahead of, a stride or two ahead of, either because of their coaching or because of some of the things that they were able to do analytically, um, particularly in the draft and identify, you know, that gap has either closed or they've been surpassed. And one of the things that is forefront and, you know, 
how the Cardinals handle this is really going to define them into the next stretch here. Um, and also, you know, what, what the front office looks like going forward is how do they respond to the fact that, again, teams have caught up, and that means prices have too. And spending is, is escalating in the National League. And the type of pitchers that the Cardinals need and the type of pitchers that the Cardinals have identified are no longer in that, you know, just below 10 million range. Now they're going 18 million. When you look at some of these guys who aren't necessarily quality start monsters, but might be, they get paid, you know, 18 because they might be. Hmm. And so it's a, it's a real leap that the Cardinals have to make and one that they're aware of that it might take them stretching financially to a place they have not gone, which, uh, which they, they, they have done now, but it, it's still not enough to catch up with the other juggernauts in the National League. Hey, Derek, what were your thoughts on the Wilson Contreras signing? Were you, were you excited about it, or were you thinking that they maybe could have gone in a different direction? Um, I mean, you know, it made a lot of sense, especially you know, as that week kind of unfolded. Um, you know, Sean Murphy made a, so much of a match for the Cardinals. Clearly they saw it, uh, you know, and also clearly Oakland saw it too. As they tried to squeeze the best offer they could get from the Cardinals and use their urgency against them. You know, in one of the moments there at San Diego up in uh, the Cardinals suite, Mosellock said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have advertised our needs so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know what, if he, if he hadn't, we'd still be writing about it. Teams would still know about it. They pay attention. But, you know, it was kind of like, you know, the humor of the moment. You could tell, like, what conversations he was facing. Um, you know, when, when that price got high and, you know, what, what comes out is how, how really intrigued and how committed the Cardinals are to a guy like Newpar. Um, you start to go, okay, well, you know, what they have in their back pocket is they have cash. And that's what Wilson Contreras costs and a compensation draft pick down the road, but mostly cash. And once they had that meeting and once they kind of described that meeting, um, you could kind of see how their view of him had grown. Their interest in him had increased. Um, their manager's, uh, you know, confidence in him certainly took a bounce and you know you went from knowing a guy as a competitor and seeing a lot of maybe his flaws um to that meeting where they got a chance to hear from him and they walked away seeing a lot of his pluses and you know as the a's tried to squeeze the last talent from the cardinals roster or the most talent i should say from the cardinals roster the uh, you know the, the their ability to pivot to that guy made to Wilson Contreras made a lot of sense, um, and it just was a matter of figuring out the dollars. Now they had to go another year or two beyond what they wanted to, um, but they like his offense enough, his athleticism enough to make it worthwhile. Hey Derek, I want to ask about one specific guy. This will be my my last question, and then we're going to circle back to the writers' dinner. But we sure. spent the first half of the 2022 season taking texts and uh, and mic drops from people who couldn't wait for the Cardinals to bring up Nolan Gorman. Then people saw yeah. him for a half of a uh, season, and by the way, he spent a good portion of that in the top five uh, of a- average exit v- velocity. But now people can't wait to trade the guy. I want to know from you what baseball thinks, and specifically what the Cardinals still think of Nolan Gorman. It's interesting because this came up in my chat yesterday, and it's like you know the, the, there's so much attention and so much excitement about a guy like say Alec Burleson or Jordan Walker or you know um, well those two guys stand out because of the power, 
um, and, and what they could do in the majors. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, Nolan Gorman was that guy just 12 months ago. And, you know, now why the difference? And it's because he got up here and failed, right? The other guys haven't had that chance. They haven't had Burleson a little bit, but they haven't. But Burleson didn't get the playing time that Gorman did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the idea that Gorman got to the majors, hit as many home runs as he did. I mean, he hit more than 20 home runs total. Let's not lose sight of that. And not in a lot of at-bats. So he has a lot of power. But the idea that he got to the majors and failed should not necessarily drag down the expectations of him as a talent. If anything, it, we should note he got to the majors. He played regularly. He did all right at second base. He turned a very good double play. That was valuable to the Cardinals. Um, can he improve on his range? Can he improve on his reaction? Well, that's something that he has to do. Can he reduce the swing and miss? That's a huge part of it. Can he keep his, you know, kind of swing together so that he can have a better approach up there. That's something that he has to do. But he's also quite young. So I think it's interesting that you bring him up because, you know, baseball, the industry, and look at look at the conversations that Cardinals had with Oakland, right? What, what were some of the hitters that the Cardinals, you know, maybe would have entertained talking about, and what were the ones that the A's wanted? Left-handed bat. Within the industry right now, left-handed power is so desirable because they see what Schwarber does, what Alvarez does, what Harper does in the playoffs. And there's a lot of evidence that in the playoffs, when you're facing elite right-handed pitching, which is what gets team to the postseason, that it's a left-handed power deterrent that is the only way to answer it. And so a player like Gorman, who's young, has the potential for left-handed power, has already shown some left-handed power, just needs to make more contact with it, um, is is highly desirable and and people are interested in um, you know the Cardinals want to see that manifest here but they also wanted to like kind of take the temp of what he could get in return alone not not a whole lot because of the production but you know you get a team who's who's craving left-handed power which most teams are and they do have interest in a guy like that Derek I have never seen a guy get an MVP award in person really yeah, yeah this will be a chance to see that. Um, I've, I had the, 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 uh, what is it? The privilege, uh, the response. I had the, I had the challenge of not dropping it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to not drop the MVP award as I handed it to Albert Pujols, um, you know, many years ago. Uh, and this will be a chance for, uh, for Paul Goldschmidt to, to get the MVP award in person um, a few weeks before it's given to him in New York. So, yeah, that's exciting that, uh, you know, that St. Louis, again, because of the history, um, because of the importance of St. Louis in baseball, because of this city and its fan base and the team's relationship and the writers' relationship with the history of Major League Baseball, we'll have the MVP trophy there. There's also going to be other trophies there. Um, the platinum glove for Nolan Arenado, for example, which he hasn't seen yet, I don't believe. Cool. Um, and some other things. So yeah, it's, it should be it should be an event. And if you've never seen an MVP trophy handed to an MVP, um, this is your chance. January fifteenth at the MAC. Tickets available now. Either go to the Twitter page for the St. Louis Baseball Writers at St. Louis BBWAA, and I put the link on my Twitter page. Derek has the link on his Twitter page, so you can find tickets. Uh, there and it's a great holiday gift idea for for any baseball fan. Derek Gould, always good to hear your voice. We always love your work at stltoday.com and in the post dispatch and we'll do this again soon. Sounds good, Randy. Thank you guys. Thank you both for having me on and, and happy holidays if I don't get a chance to see you. Same to you. Same Thank to you, Derek. You. See you later. That's our friend Derek Gould.
and it's always great to have with us on 101 ESPN. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.